It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the COB from Ausbiz. It is May 26th. It's hump day. It's a Wednesday. I'm David Scott, and I'm joined once again four times in a row. I'm very lucky with Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, how are you? I'm a little bit rattled, I have to say. The markets are up, markets are down. As we, uh, When you look at today's close, which is more or less flat, there's been a lot of moving parts today. So our show today covered every bump and lump on the way. There was indeed, and we finished it up with Ben Clark from TMS Capital, and he thinks there's a bit of an, a, a re-rotation underway. So the great cyclical rotation, he thinks, is uh, maybe coming to an end and some of the movement back into the other growth stocks. Part of that probably reflects what's going on with long bond yields. Now, I've got to admit, when I woke up this morning, the first thing I always look at is always the bond market. As tragic as that is to hear. No, it's not tragic at all. It tells you a big signal about what to expect in other asset classes. And I was like, what is going on? Because uh, the US 10-year, the benchmark you know, borrowing uh, rate for the world, not just the United States, had dropped another five basis points in nine hours, way well below where it was trading before that really hot CPI release a couple of weeks back. Mm. And I thought, oh, geez, there must have been some really dovish commentary out there from the Fed or some really terrible data. And there was nothing like that. There was more talk about uh, tapering the lock. What's going on in the bond market? Yeah, no, we, we were talking about that yesterday and again today. Some of that discussion is about just positioning. Uh, some of it is the auctions are still doing well. Uh, so, you know, they're getting away at good rates. And some of it is they're just flat out believing the Fed. And I think they're having a leg in each camp at the moment, still telling us that inflation is transitory. I'm sure we're all sick to death of speaking and hearing that phrase. But even Vice Chair um, Clarita said, mm. You know, we will talk about adjusting purchases of assets, which is uh, central bank speak for tapering. And yet, yeah, I I was equally surprised. I would have thought we were tiptoeing towards tapering, not tiptoeing towards cutting rates, which you'd think by that bond market move. Yeah, uh, I've I've sympathised with the the bond bond dolls out there because we've seen a a bull market in bonds for uh, well over four decades. So Mm. it's uh, you can see that when it comes to inflationary impulses that uh, there's a lot of people out there who say like, no, it's a structural disinflationary trend and I completely agree. But we're in a really unusual period of time. We've got supply chains have been rewritten 
Uh, we've got lots of you know, cash sitting on the sidelines when it comes to household balance sheets. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of reports about you know, uh, no inability to get staff and labour. And you're going to have a prolonged period of time where policy settings are going to be left very stimulatory one way or another for, uh, for several years at least. And I put that together and I'm still not yet convinced that, uh, that the markets are really fully appreciating that there is a risk that it might actually not be as transitory as the Federal Reserve is making out. And appropriately on the day when I wrote that as my view, and this actually was written before we saw the RBN said today, <laughs> voila, this uh, look for, uh, look for Another a, a prime domino example. Falls. Yeah, so when you're talking about uh, no change of narrative, only six months ago, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand was telling it's likely to go and see the overnight cash rate be cut into negative territory. Yes. Now, six months on, what do you reckon the bank's saying? Well, what they're telling us in their OCR track, OCR being official cash rate for those not familiar with Kiwi policy rates, they're actually telling us that the first rate hike is going to be in August 2022. And in fact, I noticed one uh, analyst already is coming through saying they expect the first hike in May 22. That's one year from now. That's a long way away from threatening and you can use that phrase when it comes to the RBNZ governor, threatening negative interest rates. So that's an absolute 180 degree Kiwi dollar and the bond market reacted accordingly. Now, the danger here is, oh, well, when the Bank of Canada tapered, it's like, oh, that doesn't matter. It's only the Bank of Canada. The Bank of England sort of tapered, but they managed to sell the message that the actual dollars of the program hadn't changed. And now we have the Kiwis, not necessarily tapering per se but outright telling us that interest rates are rising how many times are we dismissing these moves before there is a groundswell of change coming yeah all i'll say is is be very careful when it comes to believing what the central bank is telling you because there's been some clangers and that's probably saying it mildly when it comes to our policy mistakes that have been over the eons uh, and so I'm very reluctant to go and believe every single word the Fed is doing. I think the bond market, particularly a lot of fixed income investors, are believing that. But uh, no, don't uh, rest on your laurels. Do your own research and have your own opinions and views because if you follow the view of what the RBNZ was telling you six months ago, you'll be looking for an overnight cash rate, which is negative. Well, of course, doesn't look like it will be so. And it doesn't even matter if the bank doesn't go and hike rates in the second half of next year. The market has priced that in already. So you'd have been run over before the fact. Uh, look, when it comes to that inflationary pulse side of the equation. Carl McIntyre of Firetrail Investments, he's uh, got his uh, foot in the camp that we're in. And now he's a little bit hawkish when it comes to the outlook for inflation. Not incredibly so, but uh, he's positioning his portfolio for a sustained period of high inflation. One area he's liking is oil. Uh, everyone's been talking about the uh, you know, clean and green thematics out there, but uh, good old oil, at least in the, uh, the short to medium term, he likes the look of it. Well, what I thought was interesting is, and certainly something in line with a a view I wrote last week as well, which is he's talking about the here and now. So he said over the next five to eight years, we need oil. Renewables are a long way away from just switching that switch away from old energy technology to new energy technology. And so he says in the meantime, there is no net new investment in oil. No bank will lend you the money 
these days everyone is so ESG conscious and so he sees a massive pent-up demand, people jumping in cars, flying in planes, that oil demand for the here and now means that he likes the names of, say, Oil Search and Santos. That's a couple of names in the energy space. He's also got some ideas elsewhere, so I encourage you to go and have a listen to that interview. Uh, look, maybe we should go and change our name to our Kiwi Beers because there's <laughs> been a lot of our focus on New Zealand today. Uh, we also had some uh, corporate results out, so we heard from Fonterra, uh, of course. Uh, also heard from Fletcher Building on market buyback, you know, uh, upping uh, guidance to the higher end of its previous offered uh, levels. So uh, it uh, had a decent day as well. Uh, so we sat down and had a chat with Greg Smith, uh, the head of research at Fat Profits, to go get his take of what's going on in the land of the long white cloud. Uh, he gave some uh, some pretty good insights there. Uh, lots of uh, discussion about, you know, particularly coming up tomorrow with Fisher & Paykel, largest company listed in New Zealand. Uh, lots of uh, uncertainty as to whether those tailwinds from the pandemic mm. uh, will be uh, able to sustain longer term. Yeah, I think he, I got the distinct impression from the two lots of uh, Kiwi chatter we had today. It is an economy that's done very, very well, domestically driven. Uh, and in the case of Fletcher Building, it's obvious there's mm. a housing cycle um, going on as well. But there were mixed views about whether that share buyback would be translated into other stocks. So that is something to keep an eye on individually. Hey, I mentioned Fonterra. Uh, we sat down today uh, with Andrew Page from Stroman.com and Michael Wayne from Adalian Financial. Koshi went and asked them, is Fonterra uh, a buy at these levels? Take a quick listen. Announcement is very good for them in that everyone was a bit worried that margins were going to be under significant pressure, which they still are, but yeah. everyone was fearing that it was going to be a further deterioration uh, in, in things like volumes and some of the prices globally. Um, it's an interesting company in that it's a very, very dominant player in New Zealand. I think yes. it could be their li- biggest company. Um, yeah. employs a lot of people. I think it's 90% owned as a co-op by, by farmers in New Zealand. But Australian investors can get access to it via this listing. Um, and it does give them exposure to the dairy industry, which is very, very cyclical. But it's a company that is in a very dominant position. And I think they make up about 30 40% of global supply. It's a big business, but it's it's a hard business, you know. Yeah. So it's easy to sort of get excited about wow, eighteen percent lift in profits. That's that's great, but it's also I think it pays to sort of step back and look at how this has performed longer term. The, the terms of volume that they're selling hasn't changed much in the last four years or so. No. Um, their top line growth has been virtually flat. It's some very very modest growth, okay. but then the margins jump are all over the place too because, well, they're a commodity provider mm. and they don't they don't get to charge whatever they want for that kind of stuff. So by the way, you can invest in a very low growth or even negative growth company and still do well if you pay a, a, enough of a discount for yep. that. I just don't think it's there in the yep. price. So now it's a pass for okay. me. There's a learner take on uh, Fonterra in my uh, no, uneducated uh, stance. Too hard basket, so not going in the portfolio. Uh, too cyclical, too much to worry about. Not worth the time at this point, at least. Uh, look, uh, we shouldn't neglect that there was some economic data released today, pretty significant economic data today. Quickly, uh, what did we see when it came to uh, uh, residential building construction? That was pretty strong and will feed nicely into GDP. Yeah, it, it sure does. The, the uh, Bureau of Stats actually takes this report and feeds it into GDP, which is why all the analysts had a look today. Dwelling investment up 5%. Uh, today, i.e. first quarter, that follows on a 4% rise the quarter before. So we have a six-year high 
in building houses. I know I just need to look around my area in the inner west. There's knockdowns and rebuilds going everywhere. And uh, CBA's Belinda Allen says we can expect at least another 12 to 18 months worth of activity. Yeah, lots of uh, activity. It generally takes, you know, not, not the longest of uh, run times to go and build a house, but, you know, three or four months. But the apartments, which are now starting to come back as well, even with the international border closed, uh, their uh, run times are generally when in construction phase, years usually measured mm. in. So uh, lots of uh, activity in the pipeline coming through. Tomorrow we get to our private sector CapEx. Uh, the new version, the new iteration of it does capture more businesses out there across the spectrum. I think the, the one takeaway, it'll be extremely disappointed to not see the rubber hitting the road when it came to in business investment moving mm. forward because the government's like giving incentives out there to go and invest. Uh, the economic is picking up. Uh, surely this is where we're going to see some activity. Yeah, we, we really should. Uh, we'll have to have a double look at when the survey was taken so we're not sure if it includes budget optimism or not but uh, but let's face it we need to see that NAB survey translate into actual dollars being spent uh, and very briefly there will be three pieces of information in that report so we will obviously be reporting on all three it's about the quarter on quarter this year's spend and next year's spend and of all the analysts we spoke to today all of them expecting all three to deliver so expectations are high heading into 11:30 tomorrow morning. Joe Marston, EY, speaking to Verno analysts, I uh, know with the goods, uh, she is an expert in that field. So looking forward to getting her views on that uh, that capex spend when it comes out at eleven thirty tomorrow morning. Before she's uh, on the show, we'll be uh, kicking it off at eight thirty with Larry McDonald, uh, author of the Bear Traps Report. So if you've got a bit of a bearish streak, please tune in. If you're if you're a bull, tune in and go and laugh at him. Um, <laughs> also have Martin Wedden, uh, head of fixed income and FX strategy at the CBA. Marty will tell you I'm wrong with a bond call, which is mm-hmm. fair enough. He uh, studies it much closer than I do. Uh, also have Howard Coleman, uh, director of Team Invest. He'll be joining us in the 10 o'clock. So that's my first time having a chat to Howard. So having a, uh, looking forward to that one as well. The call is actually looking pretty punchy as well. So we talked about Ben Clark at the start. He'll be on the, uh, the program tomorrow, along with Rob Shears from Valor Private Wealth. So looking forward to getting their learned views about the 10 stocks plus the stock of the day that will be going through. Uh, also, Martin Lakos uh, from Macquarie Group will be joining us in the 3 o'clock. And uh, we, as we usually do, we round off uh, the Thursday session with Fraser McLeod, Senior Advisor at Sean Partners in beautiful Adelaide. So, mm. look, uh, we've got another busy day ahead. We're moving closer to that uh, key US inflation print on Friday. A uh, lot to look forward to. Uh, looking forward to going and being here tomorrow. You have a good night, to Annette, and uh, we'll oh, see you then. Everybody needs to rest up. It's another roller coaster day coming tomorrow. We'll see you bright and early. Enjoy. See ya.